Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how you can become an excellent capital allocator for your business. And we're going to break it down, make it super actionable and usable for you tomorrow. Enjoy. So, so how did you sleep, Michael? Tell us more <laughs> Let's talk about something else. It's always... I feel like that's all I'm moaning about these days. It's like, with guests, it's like, oh, you know what? We have this great influence on and what I'm going to say, I'm not sleeping. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's what people want to hear. Well, that's what people want to hear. No, I'm about to go on a break now. That's right. Pretty soon. Uh, again, basically daycare and everything is closed down. So someone has to take care of the kids. So what we're going to do, we're going to ship them off to Sweden with the in-laws so we can have some time. You don't want to take care of the kids. <laughs> Not all the time, at least. <laughs> that is a full-time job. And uh, I have a lot of respect for folks in daycare. I got to I gotta admit, that yeah. can't be an easy job. Look at us. My, we were just recording a podcast. <laughs> easy. Easy. But anyway, so, how am I going to segue this yeah. today? <laughs> no, but it's all about how you choose to use your time and the resources at hand to really optimize your life. And part of that we're going to talk about today, not your life, but optimizing resource allocation mm -hmm. for business and how you can become an excellent capital allocator. And this was really uh, inspired by a question that you got yeah. uh, from a gentleman who basically, you know, was like, well, if I'm planning for 2024 and I have 10 million, how do I make sure that I spend that money the best way possible. No, I really, I really like this. It's one of those mindset questions, right? It's like, I want to be an athlete. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, how can I, how can I be an athlete? And this one has really this, okay, how, you know, I want to be an excellent capital allocator. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, how does that look like? You know, how does that person look like? And how can I then, you know, act like this and become that person? Yeah. And I think this was a really cool um really cool approach and especially we're talking kind of vp sales cro kind of type right? yeah yeah so it's not it's not the ceo it's not a hedge fund manager it's not someone that usually thinks about capital allocation in that no. sense and i really really like the really like this this mindset approach to it right and to be honest on the call i was like uh -huh, yeah yeah no no yeah yes yeah, yes you should totally want to be doing that um, and uh, then we kept thinking about this a little bit, you and I, yeah. um, and uh, landed on today's approach. So even a marketing guy can think about capital allocation. Crazy, huh? No, yeah, but we're going to do that. And it's obviously from, like you said, from the commercial perspective, mm. how are you going to take all those chips and place the right bets, basically, to grow and hit the target? That's ultimately it. So the thing is, when I was doing uh, my research, as I usually do, the first thing I saw was a bunch of investment advice yeah, so of stocks and stuff that's you know natural and then as soon as i started looking into resource allocation as the other term was project management mm. it's like yeah that's not it either then i decided to add budget and then it was just marketing, marketing budget <laughs> i was like oh man <laughs> but so maybe talking, that means you, you as a marketer uh, should know how that works yeah yeah yeah. yeah. You we should, no you should you, you totally oh, you totally should and i think by the way a lot of folks in marketing they forget to use that business degree they have mm. you know from business school. At least oh, some do, of they, them. do they have a business? I thought they have all of like an English major. Like <laughs> or journalism. Yeah. yeah is that, no, 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 no. But, but anyway, we're going to talk about it from the vantage point of sales, marketing, and CS, like across the board to drive growth. Yep. And yeah, how, how should you approach it? You kind of said mindset with what mindset should you approach this exercise? So I think number one, so yes, 
thinking about this being a capital allocator, I think you should be looking at this like a like a portfolio manager, like a hedge fund manager, something like that. And when you approach the problem like this, right? Number one, you want to figure out, okay, how can I even make a decision on all of these different things? Mm. That's the first that goes through your mind. It's like, okay, there's so many things to do. Yeah. How should I even go about making a decision, yeah. right? So this is the first approach. We're going to talk about this in just a second where you basically need to figure out what are the things, what are the you know dimensions, the axes, the yeah. what is it that I need to look at this problem? What, I, what do I need to use? in order to somewhat get to the first level of a right decision mm. and then from there dig in, right? So no two by two is going to solve all of your issues, um, but it might help you organize your thoughts a little bit and then number one, have a really great executive presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves a two by two. But on second thought, then also it, it helps you focus on you know one area and then dig into that you know, yeah. instead of getting lost in everything, yeah. right? And then number two, really, when you think about hedge fund managers and portfolio managers in a stock context, it's really not like they, you know, buy something and hold on, you know, to it forever. No. Right? So I think maybe Berkshire Hathaway is, is one of the one of the ones that do that. Yeah. Very successfully so, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone else is trading all the time. And the reason why they're trading that is because they're uh, maybe they're stupid, you know, according to <laughs> according <laughs> to uh, the Berkshire Hathaway guys. Uh, but um, the the other thing is actually that they saw there's another opportunity coming up mm. um, that maybe is uh, better than what they currently have. So and then kind of switching over yeah. in a stock world, super easy. You sell and you buy. Um, in a in a company in a go to market world or in a in a portfolio of actual brands that you might have. Mm not so easy, right? You can't just, oh, you know, now now I'm switching over and now I'm switching back. You can't do that. Some of those decisions obviously need to have a bit more, you know, um, uh, thought to it. But still, I think the point is not to be completely locked in. No. You know? So I think what's cool is also there's a lot of commonality between investing like the Berkshire Hathaways and all those hedge funds and to investing in growth. Uh, there is an expectation to have a return on the investment, right? And that also means that they will put all investments or potential investments under a lot of scrutiny. And I remember reading to this Ray Dalio, who's also running a fund. and Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. But uh, in I think in one of his books, he talked about uh, a potential investment in Netflix. And the analysts had created the case, and it didn't look that great from an investment perspective in that point in time, until someone said, well, they have pricing power. They can raise the price. And that changes everything for all the math here if they do that, right? So they really spend a lot of time actually talking through how they choose to allocate their resources, which I think is pretty cool. And that conversation is just so important to have. No, Ray has been pretty successful, uh, for sure. <laughs> okay, so how do we bring it back to real-life world? Yeah. Um, and how do we make this actionable for people listening to this? So the way we would encourage you to look at this is surprise with the two by two. Um, <laughs> and on the one axis, you will have an efficiency metric. Let's call that CAC payback. Yeah. Our favorite. We love it. Our favorite metric, CAC yeah. payback. And then the question is, what do you have on the other one? Mm. Uh, on, on the other one, you have growth potential. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can also strike out the growth and just say, you know, last year's growth or... Um, what, what we want this to grow next year. Mm. Um, and um, and things you should be considering here for your, this growth potential side is really 
size of the market. So it could be you just entered France and there's lots of room still to grow in France. So mm. that then would be a plus. Or you maybe have been in Germany, maybe you've been in the US for the last decade um, and it's you, you're kind of tapping out. There's still growth there, yeah. but you're kind of tapping out, right? So this would be a minus on, yeah. on the growth potential side. And equally so, uh, you can think about um, you can think about channels. Yeah. Um, let's just say you are SDR team in a specific market, in a you know whatever. I want to kind of slice and dice it. The uh, that channel maybe still has some growth potential left. Yeah. You can add some more folks um, in order to capitalize on the market that is in front of you. Blah blah blah. Uh, and then there's the alternative, which could be things like um, Google search. So Google search might be a thing that you've been doing for the last 10 years already. Yeah. You you graph it out. The year-over-year growth from last year to this year was 5%. Mm. Uh, maybe overall the business has been growing 100%. Could be, but that channel in itself, year-over-year, probably grew only 5%. Yeah. Right? So should you now expect that that channel is going to suddenly explode and, and going to uh, deliver 50% growth for you? Probably no, yeah. right? So this would be on the lower side of uh, the growth potential for uh, either for last year, you know, yeah. than what you actually have been recording. So this is always a good indicator and or for next year. Yeah. Yeah. So now we have a two by two um, on the, you know, the Y axis, which yeah. is up and down axis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have the... You have the um, uh, you have uh, growth potential, and on the x-axis, which is left and right axis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for yeah. Michael. It's like um, a dance move. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, you have your efficiency, right? Mm. And if you plot this out, what you're going to get is very similar to a concept that a company called BCG, mm. a Boston Consulting Group, came up with, I think, I don't know, 50 <laughs> years ago or something like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really a combination of, they've been thinking about really a combination of your product lifecycle, mm. yeah? and then actually your um, market share, which is a leading indicator for you to you know slide down the learning curve faster. Mm. The more market share you have, the more buying power you have, the more learnings you have, the more efficient you will be, the stronger your brand is, the mm. lower your CAC will be. I mean, those are all the things that are basically baking into this learning curve approach, right? And uh, what they then did is they took this um, product lifecycle piece, which is basically... Um, you know, you have the S curve until it goes up and then you basically kind of decline from there, right? Yeah. And they sliced it into the question marks, very much the beginning. Mm. Think about it almost like crossing the chasm. Yeah. Like the question marks is before the chasm. Then you have your, um, I think you have your stars, like high growth potential. Mm. Yeah? Then you have uh, your cash cows, you're plateauing. Mm. There's not much more growth potential, but you're plateauing out. And then you have your dogs. That's yeah. what they call them. They're basically... Um, this whole thing is declining and uh, going into nothing, right? That's the product life cycle. Yeah. Um, and this combined with the um, learning curve approach, that then became the matrix. Yeah. Um, and the matrix is what we kind of just been basically adopting to think about uh, for your approach in allocating resources um, in your company, which again is on the one hand side, uh, you have your efficiency and on the other one, you have your growth potential for the channel. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is you're this enables you to now start visualizing where are the different investments placed. How, you know, 
to make a better decision. So ultimately. what it, what it helps you to start visualizing is you can you can go from it at it from a first perspective, which is maybe markets. Mm. You can throw in the different markets that you're operating on. Um, that will give you an understanding uh, where you're plateauing. Mm. So your your growth from last year wasn't that large. Um, you can still say, wow, you know, maybe I want to grow a lot this year, and that's mm. that's moves the bubble around. Um, uh, and or it could show you where um, where maybe your market share or your market itself is declining, right? I think for most of us, um, if you look at it from a market perspective, you probably will have, mm, yeah, well, actually, you might have some dogs, which basically kind of it becomes a dog once you don't have much growth there anymore, yeah, and once your efficiency is really bad, yeah, right. And that is basically kind of then how you maneuver this thing, right? Another perspective could be you look at it from a channel mm -hmm. uh, view. So the channel view, again, could be SDR, could be LinkedIn, could be Facebook, could be Google, could be uh, partners, could yeah. be whatever. You would kind of throw this on here. Uh, again, you would see what is efficient, what is not efficient, mm. what is a high growth potential, what doesn't, yeah. uh, which then gives you an understanding, you know, where to invest next, yeah. right? You can also throw those two dimensions together, market and channels. You can add product to it. You can make it super complex if you want to. Mm. And let's just say you are a maybe a public SaaS company or just a public company. Uh, you have 300, 350 million in uh, refs going for you. And now you're faced with this issue of, you know, where, where am I going to spend my, my money, right? So you can basically take the different granularity levels, throw us on this thing here mm. uh, and start having an understanding, you know, in this approach. And I get to kind of how in, in a second. Um, I think what you can do and to be like uh, very, uh, you know, take this one complication step further, you can, you know, the size of the bubble can be the size of the current channel, for example, or yeah. the current market and so forth, right? So now that you have plotted all of that stuff out, you know, three weeks later, after one poor guy did all the analysis uh, or three months, whatever it's going to take, what you're now left with is you're going to have a plot graph of all the different dots in, mm. in those uh, four quadrants, right? And again, the quadrants is star, high growth, high efficiency, question mark, high growth potential, potentially bad efficiency right now, dogs, low growth, poor efficiency and then your cows cash cows that's where it's coming from high efficiency but not much not much growth actually coming yeah. out of this right um and basically kind of now what you can do is number one you can look at your dogs and figure out and think okay should i just divest mm. right should i just kill this thing yeah if you decide against killing it you should think about okay can I improve something? Can mm. I move it from where it is right now to the left-hand side to a cash cow position, right? Where it actually runs efficiently. And this is kind of that would be an improved project, right? Yeah. So um, in our world, it would mean, uh, can you improve the conversion rates? Can you improve the cost per lead? Can you blah, 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 right? Mm. The question marks, this is where you're probably going to have your new channels that you're starting up, right? This could be a new market that you're investing in. It could be a new channel that you're starting on. It could be, you know, ABM. We've never done ABM. We're going to do ABM now. I think the question marks will be the most difficult conversation in your management yeah. to figure out what to do with them because what could totally happen is that you get less so excited about the growth potential and then it suddenly drops to, to a dog, <laughs> right? That's the problem with it. Or uh, you actually kind of figure it out. You make it a really investable case and then you then it becomes a star, right? High yeah. growth potential and, and high efficiency. And the the things to do here again is 
less so on the, you know, invest more headcount, invest more money, invest more all of the resource stuff. So this is not a, a thing that you can scale. Mm. This is a thing where you still need to improve in the sense of figuring shit out. Yeah. Right. So this is not a, oh, let's tweak this conversion rate by, you know, three points and then maybe get it over the line. Mm. This is a, how does this thing actually work? And, you know, it's almost like a product market fit. It's almost kind of zero to one kind of conversation yeah. that you will be having there with the, the question marks. So first thought from you is I, I think a lot of companies having come from this, you know, growth at all cost, they're going to probably have a couple of things here that are dogs that could be divested to free up resources. Yes, 100%. And maybe I have, also have too many question marks. So the question becomes, how do you balance that out? Because you can't just, if you're a scale up and you need to grow, you can't just have cash cows. Right, you need to yep. have a balance in the portfolio. Yeah. How, how would you balance out, for example, question marks, which is like the future potential growth for you, if you can make it efficient? How would you balance that out against the stars and the cows? Well, I think, and this is where this analysis becomes like very complex, very academic. Yeah. Uh, but there's a little bit of a how much longer are the stars going to carry me kind of conversation. Yeah. And this is where, um, you know, sometimes we refer to it as you need to layer those S curves on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you, you know, in the product lifecycle stage, the stars and the interesting part of the S curve, right? It goes, goes nicely up, yeah, yeah. but you know, eventually they will hit a plateau yeah. and then, okay, what is going to drive your growth, right? And if you don't have, you know, a couple of question marks teed up and some of them will just die, some of them will just not work out. Mm. Um, if you don't have a couple of question marks teed up that then can take the, the place um, of the former stars, then you're kind of screwed, yeah. right? You 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 literally screwed because you will have a you know you will have a nice business maybe. Yeah. You have uh, 150 million in AR. Um, you will be super efficient. Uh, maybe you even stopped investing in sales and marketing. Mm. Uh, suddenly, suddenly you have a nice EBITDA cash producing business. Great. Yeah. But maybe this is not enough for you. Maybe this is not the case that you want to bring to a private equity. Maybe that's not the case you want to bring to IPO. No. You know, at, at 100, 150 million, you know, grown ups, maybe not folks listening here, including <laughs> us, our two poor, poor guys here, they actually look at everything below 100 million as like a small, medium sized business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and obviously this... What did you call it? Unicorn? <laughs> yeah. Obviously this enables you to go public and so forth, yeah. right? But it's not the end of the journey for people that really look at, at no. you know, this in a, in a bigger context. So uh, you will need to have some things teed up in order to make sure you have future growth here. And I think also to underscore that, we've talked in the past about stacking like S-curves and having a plan for it. I think a, a really great example we had was Zoom, mm. right? So started up out as a meeting thing. And uh, obviously, COVID just <laughs> exhausted basically their roadmap and mm -hmm. their S curves. But you know, the next thing was webinars, mm -hmm. and they you know they did all kinds of new things that they could sell beyond just that one use case, right? Yeah. And and that means they've be placed bets on question marks. Yeah, and and there's some other issues with that brand dilution that they're doing there. And I think lots of the question marks are turning into poor dogs right now. And mm. you know, but but you know, let's let's kind of let's have this rest for a second. I think how a VP product should be thinking about this is is indeed though with a product perspective. Yeah. You know, what's our core product? Um, great. Um, and you know, how much room do we have left in growing this thing? Mm. And then, you know, what else do we need to tee up in order to add on top, right? Yeah. I mean, Gong is doing the same thing right now. Okay, this video, uh, this call recording thing is great. <laughs> We're pricing ourselves, you know, at the highest range already. So it's really difficult to get this, you know, further up. 
So what do we need to do? Are we gonna add a sales engagement tool? We're gonna add a forecasting tool. Yeah. We're gonna get all of these different things, right? So we talked about now the low efficiency uh, mm. side of the quadrant. Let's move to maybe the cash cows. Yeah. yeah? And the cash cows, the way I would approach it is um, number one, you can just leave them be, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just don't waste your fucking time. Uh, leave them be. The alternative would simply be to try and tweak a little bit on the improvement side. Yeah. You know, try and get them even further into the right direction for you. And again, an example could be, and this is kind of my favorite favorite go to, Google search. Yeah. Paid Google search. That's probably what this is. If you compare growth rates of your Google search, you know, paid Google search channel over the last years and even month. Mm. I mean, even if you're not that old, you can do it on a monthly basis. Yeah you will see that likely it didn't grow at all. Mm. Like, you know, 5% plus minus all the time. Yeah. Um, and you can throw a lot more investment at it if you want to. We talked about this at like marginal CAC. Yeah. It's not going to give you anything. It's no. not going to help you. You will stay at 5% plus minus. You would just have burned a lot of money yeah. that it could have used on either the stars or the question marks, right? Um so this then gives you a, okay, you know, we're not going to do anything here. The only question there then could be, well, what if we were to, and, and this is a practical example, what if we came out of this crazy time where we spend way too much stuff on Google, what if we reduced spend a little bit? Mm. Would actually, would it have any impact on how much money we're going to get, you know, from Google yeah, search, yeah, yeah. right? Kind of the, I think what's really scary out there is the, the marginal CAC, not of the next dollar, mm. but of the least efficient dollar. Yeah. Like where where should I actually be cutting without any any impact whatsoever? Yeah. And that money I could take to reallocate to something else, right? Yeah. So this is probably the analysis that I would do with the, the cows. Um, and that again would include maybe G2, would include, sorry, G2 in terms of comparison sites, yeah. right? Uh, Gartner and Forest, all of them have kind of something like that. And there might be a couple of other examples, right? Yeah. And this is the channel lens, you might have something similar for the market lens and so forth, right? So this is how I would actually approach this thing. Mm. Um, and if anything, I would look at this again from a improvement perspective. How can we, you know, get to the same result with fewer resources? Yeah. Don't think about it as a divest case, mm. more as a how can I make it an even better cash cow, right? Yeah. And then, you know, that cash cow eventually will be also the thing that, you know, pulls down the overall CAC payback for your business. Um, and uh, and will make it you know more palatable to use that money on your stars and question marks instead. Mm. Yeah. So and then going to the stars and yeah. for the stars it's pretty straightforward. It's both you know more money, more improvement. Yeah. That's basically kind of how you should be thinking about it. Um, this is this is the place where you uh, invest as much as much money as you've left. Yeah. From all the other difficult decisions and pour it into this thing, right? Yeah. Because usually there won't be a cap to it, right? I think um, if you if you need to imagine it, how it usually looks like, you will probably have super low growth, super efficient pieces. And then it's kind of a bell curve that mm. goes through the stars, question marks, and then down. The thing is your stars very likely will never be super efficient. Mm. Just won't happen. So what will happen, let's just say it's a, it's, S, it's outbound SDRs. Yeah. I know everyone hates it and things like, oh, this is not cool. But, but it's, we love it. By the way, it still works. <laughs> um, for example, there, if you are um, pushing the gas pedal too much yeah. and invest too much money, what's going to happen, it's, 
And it, this is where some of the stuff, by the way, breaks a little bit down. It basically will push you over to the question mark zone, right? Mm -hmm. Where you suddenly you kind of invested too much money. The return is actually yeah, yeah, not yeah. going to come uh, out of this as you want to. And suddenly it almost becomes a question mark because what happened is you didn't only improve and scale this thing. You made such a leap forward from, oh, we have 10 SDRs. Let's make it 100. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that suddenly this becomes a, um, you know, we would call it an evolved project. Yeah. You know, suddenly this is a step function where, okay, you proved that you can manage 10 SDRs. Yeah. Congratulations. But that's still a different game from managing 100 SDRs, right? Yeah. So kind of thinking about some of those step function changes here, um, I think this um, uh, that might be, you know, one other, one last step in assessing this. So what you're really saying is some of these items, they can move over time, which is normal, right? They're, you know, if you're in the early innings of, for example, the Google case, mm. then you can potentially scale it by a lot and you most likely will. Mm. And then it comes to the point where, well, now there's nothing left. We can't go, like, if we were selling shoes, are you not going to bid on pants to hope that you can sell shoes? Yes, it's like, no, exactly. not really. Yeah. <laughs> no, but in our case, it would be, oh, we bid on the maximum keyword, yeah. Now let's put white papers on Google as well and uh, have yeah. people bid on this. Um, so I think this is a really, really powerful way to look at your portfolio of things that you could be doing. Mm. Um, and it makes it super easy what kind of investment decisions you should actually be making here, right? Yeah. Um, if it's a question mark, don't put in necessarily more, 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 more money. That's not going to solve this. No. You need to figure out if this thing's going to work for you. Um, and then really is it going to, uh, you know, if it then sees potential to move into star, then you hit the gas pedal and put more resources in it. Um, if you have a, a cash cow, there's no need to put more money in it. No. So that's how you need to think about it. Like there's, it. No, there's no reason to put more money into it. So then the only thing you could be doing if you want to do anything there is improve efficiencies. Mm. Your dogs, you either kill them or you try and, <laughs> yeah, or you try and move them over to... Um, over, you know, on the efficiency scale to something that might work for you, yeah. right? And then the stars, this is where you should be spending 80% of your time. Yeah. And resources, by the way, right? And this is on, on the star side, there you will have, you know, two main options. One, more resources, as many resources that you can possibly think of. And then number two, yes, at the same time, let's deploy improvements. Mm. Because again, right, I was kind of talking about it, more, more money invested will maybe push you over the line in terms of your efficiency. So you will need to work um, at the same time on the efficiency side, you know, aka improvements, in order to keep it in the quadrant. Yeah. So let's say now you've plotted all of these things out. I mean, that doesn't give you really the, okay, this is how many dollars here and there. What's What would be the next step after you have this understanding of where different things are placed and where you potentially want to allocate resources? What do you do now? I think, to be honest, this is the heavy lifting of the decision-making. Okay. that That's the heavy lifting. I think um, I would then go out and plan out the rest of the year. Um, and, you know, you can use it. You can use a tool like ours. You can use Excel. You can use whatever. Um, and in order to then... Um, you know, now you know where you actually want to spend that money, where you mm. spend the time. This is also where you would figure out, you know, what would be what would be the the biggest levers to pull in terms of improvements, yeah. right? Across the board, there are kind of three. All of those quadrants have improvement in them, mm. and then you would map the whole thing out, right? Yeah. What I would really suggest afterwards is do a before and after of that approach here. One showing the actual realized growth from the comparison period could yeah. be the year you let you in or 12 months ago or something like that. And the efficiency that those had kind of have that plot there. And then 
compare that to, okay, the growth that um, it will now have mm. based on, you know, future plan to today yeah, and the efficiency that it will then have with it. Yeah. And so I think if you do this and you just show those side by side or one slide after the other, I think a lot of CFOs plans and, you know, we love CFOs, by the way, uh, but I think a lot of them will kind of fall flat suddenly because yeah. the the pressure testing just didn't didn't survive, right? Because yeah. you will you will usually see tons of improvements that basically moves everything from the question marks and the dogs away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of those. <laughs> and you will probably see cash cows suddenly you know jumping to be stars because there's so much growth potential that suddenly has been unlocked, right? Yeah. And I think that movement. Yeah. Uh, visualizing that, I think that could be pretty fun, um, and then also will um, will give you a really strong basis of discussing this, right? And you know, just to be super clear, that kind of stuff has worked wonders for BCG mm. uh, because you know it's a two by two. Yeah, it's pretty fucking simple. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they gave it names like the dog, yeah, the cow, <laughs> the star. Uh, you know, it's like these these are things that yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Um, and this is a very clean way of communicating that stuff. And then if you then, you know, overlay that with, you know, hey, we had this diverse portfolio of things mm -hmm. and now we only have stars left, you know, in, yeah, in yeah. next year's plan. There, you know, there's maybe some risk in here, you know. Yeah. And I think it, the moment you start even using words like portfolio uh, in that conversation changes the whole perception of what you've done yeah. versus, okay, so we did a lot of stuff in a spreadsheet. Let me just show you how we're going to allocate it. Here's like the table with all the numbers. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Yes, yeah. and don't use CAC payback. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think this is a cool way to go about this thing. Um, should you be doing this on a ongoing basis, quarterly mm. basis? I think so, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the reason is you want to make sure that as you're pushing to your stars, more money. They, you know, some of them might suddenly drop away. Suddenly yeah. the growth is actually not as it was. Suddenly it becomes a cash cow or, you know, efficiency is just so bad that it goes into the question mark. Mm. Um, so you want to you wanna be reviewing this, um, which then basically means you want to have the ability to, you know, use your cash differently. Mm. So this is one of those things, right? A, a portfolio manager in, in the stock market, they're not sitting there Christmas and deciding which stocks they're going to buy. And then January 1st, they're <laughs> going to buy those stocks and then they do nothing until Christmas again. Mm. This is an ongoing process for them, yeah. right? They Some of them might do it on a daily basis and I don't think that's the right approach here, but you should be doing it on a quarterly kind of basis, yeah. right? And based on those new insights, you should be driving, you know what, actually this thing isn't working out. We shouldn't, we should stop investing in this thing. We need to move it somewhere else. Mm. And then the thing is also, and, and you know we had those we had those conversations with some of our customers. It's like okay, so uh, we poured a lot of money into the SDR motion. Let's just fuck yeah, it. let's just stay with that. Yeah. Um. And what really happened, and we didn't have this tool then. Basically, what really happened is this: the star jumped to be a clear question mark, like absolutely question mark. Um. And then the real question is: should you be pouring more money into this? Yeah. Right. That's the real question. But what then happens in everyone's minds if you don't plot it out like this and make like, hey, this is now a question mark. We, you know, the rule of thumb is don't put more money in it. Um, what then happens is like, but where else are we going to get the growth from? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, 
That's a really fucking great question. Let's yeah, kind of yeah. discuss that now. Is there another star? Maybe not. I don't know. Split it into different areas. Yeah. Maybe it's one SDR team that moved over. Maybe the other one is still there. Maybe it can do something here. Yeah. But um, just saying, okay, this was a star. It's now a question mark. Yeah. And we're going to violate those rules here and going to keep investing like crazy. That's not a great idea. No. Or even worse, you realize now it's a question mark. But you know what? We budgeted to hire 10 more in Q3. So even though the CAC payback is bad, we're still going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> And also, we already hired the AEs that then ramp up for yeah, Q4. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. who's you know where we're we gonna get those opportunities from? Yeah. It's like that's just a bad way of managing this stuff, right? Yeah. And and that's why you should be keeping an eye on it, um, uh, and uh, and based on that, keep making better decisions. Mm. I'm happy we managed to turn this segue into actually a business application thing. I would have a hard time using this two by two to re you know allocate my time and money at home. I think it will be difficult. You know what? Give it's, me five minutes. I'll figure yeah. this out. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. But uh, I think this is a great way to go about it. I think it will change the conversation quite a lot to actually have this kind of visualization and not just kill people with numbers and tables and, you know, graphs. Yeah. I think this is also, for me, a very interesting piece to potentially have in some kind of quarterly cadence with a CFO, CEO kind of thing. Maybe so, in a tool. Yeah, maybe in a tool. So, uh, you know... You could check out a solution like Roblox. We yeah. can help with a bunch of this stuff, so it's not months, but weeks. So leave it, leaving it at that and uh, saying thank you so much for this time, Tony. Thank you, Mikkel. Thank you, everyone watching and uh, listening. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.